All right, college basketball fans, we are very sorry that it has been a couple of weeks in the middle of another amazing college hoops season. Episode 59, I'm Timmy Hall. He's Evil Bald Column. Now, the reasons I had the old 10-day trip onto the disabled list, like you've seen every team and lots of players dealing with COVID again this year, so I got to experience that full force with a couple of really shitty days mixed in there too. Still don't feel 100%. Feel like I tapped out at 85%, Colin. And you were covering the Super Bowl. But one of the things we are going to talk about in this quick podcast, because we just wanted to throw something on the stream because we got our days all out of whack. You got you caught some college basketball while you were out in Los Angeles, so that's great. Yeah, there was a lot of different opportunities to do things out there. It's just you had to come down to priorities, and honestly, I would have loved to have spent the day in Malibu and gone to a, a Waves game for Pepperdine. Oh, um, baby, I, I, who's their I coach? Believe they were, uh, I don't know off the top of my head, personally. I, I just know they were playing Where's BYU. Damon, is Damon Stoudemire coaching somewhere out there? I don't know if it's Pepperdine, or I feel like he's... Damon Stoudemire, the Mad Mouse, is that's a, that's a good research topic there. Is I'm doing not sure. something, uh, but no, they were playing BYU. I really wanted to check out BYU because they're a bubble team right now. They're a team that's kind of on the outside looking in. I think Joe Lunardi in his latest update has them as the first four out team. Uh, really mm. good players with Alex Barcelo. I'd love to see him get in the tournament, but uh, no, yeah. Once I saw the the crosstown battle between UC, USC uh-huh. and UCLA, it was an easy decision, and we'll get into it. But I, I'm just. I think the perception of the West Coast doesn't care about basketball thing is just not real. It's not yeah, real. I agree with you. And when you go and you experience Because I settled it, in for that whole game. And that was I, I knew dude. you were going, so it was really the first time I, I settled I, in I paid more for to a go, whole game. I paid more to go to that Pac-12. game than any, any East Coast game ever. I paid more to get into that game than any Ohio State, Butler. Talking like 70, 80, 100? It, it was about 85 bucks retail. The, and you went as a solo. Yes, as a solo. Yeah. Wow. It was intense. So you had a nice lower bowl spot no well i mean i'll say this there's two decks there's the lower bowl and there's the upper one but the upper one feels like the upper section of value city arena like it's not really that far away at all you mean it feels like the middle bowl at value city arena or the middle whatever you want okay, to call yeah, it okay yeah yeah because it it's, it's smaller in general it, right yes it's much Full, smaller Thirteen thousand ish i'm talking that's a pretty conservative answer okay. yeah i think it would be around that but no it's it's great there's not a bad seat in the house uh, the student section's right there on top of the the, ba- the one basket there. It, it's a great environment. I can't wait to get into it. All right. Well, we're uh, this is a shooting from the hip edition. So we see where this goes. We want to talk about Colin's trip and two guys who are just stoked that it's almost March here. We don't have that much longer to go. This is Mad About Hoops, episode 59. Five to go. Lewis has been awesome. Let's it go. Inbounds Turner, left side of the backcourt. Turner crossed the timeline, throws it from high on the right. He hit it! He hit it! He hit it! He, it. he hit it just inside of half court! Lanes on the other wing. Bang! Oh! 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 oh. Sent it in, Jerome! <laughs> College basketball! This is March Madness! Yes, it is. And we have that show open all year long. And then it comes down to this. And my man, Evil Bald Colin, was enjoying some Pac-12 hoops here in the last week. I'm Timmy Hall. And you know what's great about it, too, is when you're watching on TV, you don't get this because you're there. But I got to enjoy 
a good full two hours of Bill Walton on the call. And that's he's one of the crown jewels. Love him or hate him. He's almost getting to Dick Vitale status because he's just so quirky. Oh, my goodness, Conference of Champions. I'm surfing during the day, watching basketball during the evening. In the way Dave Pash can just sort of rib him and have fun with that, too. It was great, and I'm, I'm with you. You can speak a little bit more about the perception, East Coast, West Coast bias. And when you're there, honestly, really, think about it. Think about the Los Angeles Lakers. Think about the city of L.A. and how ingrained basketball is into that culture. All the pickup games that are going on, all the street ball that's going on, all the different colleges. You mentioned you mentioned Pepperdine. You mentioned the beach, right? Who There's really, so many. I mean, even, yeah. even smaller ones like Loyola Marymounts right down the road. Uh, you can go to UCLA. UC Riverside, you Riverside, know? Riverside, yes. All the different UCs, UC Irvine, all the different ones out there. And it's just uh, the Long Beach, too, has got sort of just a coolness factor to it. I think they officially are known as the beach. I think that's their like, that's nickname what they are. or moniker, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's – I mean, if you – if you aren't going to be like a power five conference player, you could do a hell of a lot worse than taking a scholarship opportunity out there. Even if you're not from LA, you know, like, yeah, you know what? Uh, yeah. But like Pepperdine, great academics too, or the beach. Uh, yeah. I think I can manage. I think I can hang out in LA and play some basketball where hoops is big. And it, it was a fun game to watch. Like the, again, like go, go into more of that. Like how did it come about? What made you decide that you were going to, you know, take a Friday. It was a Friday night no, game, that was right? A Saturday night. Saturday night game. Okay, so it's a big weekend night game. And going to USC, just tell us about the environment, like what part of town, yes. what the arena is so, like, so the atmosphere. USC, I didn't really realize this before I went, but how close USC is to downtown. I mean, it's within like four or five miles. It's south it's of downtown LA. South of downtown. But right yes, off one of the interstates, It's right? like if you go on the other side of the 110 there, which again, I'm using the 110. That's what they're but calling. I mean, you hey, can, man. You fabric of the community. When you're you, in it. Yeah, when you drive down 110, you see the Galen Center just come out of nowhere, right by where the they actually built the soccer arena for LAFC right next to, to the uh, the Coliseum. So they're kind of like perpendicular to each other. It's, it's a really cool... Setup campus is amazing. Like I, I took a walk through there. There's only a few exits off the main campus area because they have it all fenced up. Okay. Like, man, they they really took this thing and went full go with it in terms of the campus to USC. A great environment. They have their own version of High Street right there that runs by where the Galen Center is. Which you actually what's you, that street called? Do you, do you remember uh, something McCarthy Highway or something like that? But okay, yeah. It's uh, it's you, if you watch the Rams Super Bowl parade, they actually went down that road on their main stretch. Um, oh yeah, that, that's a fun little. Is fact. that close to where Matt Stafford watched someone nosedive off a stage? Well, and he that did was over by the Coliseum, so yes, it was very close. <laughs> I'm looking at the arena here, just on the internet, while you're it's breaking really it down. It's a really weird, like build because I. But it, I mean, hold on though. Let me give my you my take. Go, go the, for the, it. Go the for windows it. in the back, I love love that feature, especially for the daytime games. You didn't get to so feel they, it because it was it nighttime. Off. They had it closed off. Yes. What do you mean closed off? They had a curtain over. The, you're talking above the student section area? Yeah, yeah. They had that curtained off. Why? Well, it was nighttime. But so what? Who I, gives a shit? I, I'm not disagreeing with you. Giant windows. That's, like, it's a great feature. That's funny because natural I, light. And it's, I mean, it, just because it's not a daytime game doesn't mean you curtain them off. Like, it's still cool to have them there. It's dark. That's it's not like it's going to affect it at all. It's funny you bring that up because every time when I go to a new arena, I always like to take a lap around the concourse and just see what's going on. And right. I saw that there. I didn't know if there was like a stage back Did there. You kind or of what was behind, going on? Did you peek behind no, the curtain? They, they, what's weird is they also don't have ushers, so I could have probably gotten away with it. 
that no one would have known anything. Uh, but yeah, that was really weird because again, if you look, you can see the the lower bowl completes the full. It almost looks like a block O going around the court, and up top, it's almost like a it's like a U. It's almost like a horseshoe because it doesn't complete the second level behind that student section where yeah, that window I, I can see that pain is. Yep, I can see that in this one picture. But I'm telling you the. The facts of the arena opened, uh, broke ground October 30, 2004. This is, as as Evil said, the Galen Center where you saw USC, home of the Trojans, take on UCLA. Fantastic basketball game. The, uh, God, why am I blanking on his name? The stud for USC in your game, too. The uh, big fella. The stud in the game was Chevis Goodwin had a good game. He had 10 points. No, 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 no. Uh, but the Drew U- Peterson. Drew Peterson. Peterson. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Oh, my God. He, he had his all-time three. game, and yeah. he was Almost felt like it was going to throw down a quadruple double in that game with the way that he was playing. But yeah, broke ground in 04, opened in 06. So it's a nice new venue. Got to be one of the newer ones in Power 5 sports. It it just felt like a really, it it looked like it. If you looked at the amenities, I could tell that there was at least a, a six, seven year gap between when Value City Arena was built and this place was. And let's see, construction cost 147 million. Not bad. $189 $189 million in 2020 dollars, and, oh, the capacity, 10258 yep. That's That's I actually less that. than I thought it was. But I it, like it that. Felt, it felt very intimate. Like, even if you went is. to the very top level of that second section, it, it felt like you were, like, not even that far away. You felt like you were almost in a lower bowl of sorts. I'm reading on this description here. It said USC had planned to build an on-campus indoor arena for more than a hundred years before the Galen center USC hoops had played at a variety of different places, including the neighboring shrine auditorium stage. Again, forgive us. If you're an LA basketball guy, we are totally not that it uh, says the old pan Pacific auditorium in the Fairfax district. And from 1959 on LA Memorial sports arena. And the final push began in 2002. Lewis Galen, a successful banker, longtime Trojan fan. I don't even know if he's an alum. It lists him as a fan. <laughs> and his wife, Helen, donated $10 million to the new center immediately after USC football quarterback Carson Palmer won the 2002 Heisman Trophy. Then they donated an additional $25 million to the project to have the building named after them. And then up to donation an additional $15 million to make sure that a connected practice facility would also bear their name. So, hey, they did it. I mean, when you shell out $50 million for a university to put something together, good on you. You get the name. I think as Ohio State basketball fans, this is really striking a chord with us, an arena like that of that size because, you know, we're uh, we're getting to the point of the season as Buckeye basketball fans when you do finally hit a couple of opportunities to fill it to capacity. I feel like what do we get, Colin? Maybe three, four, or five games all season where it would be a capacity crowd and a raucous college basketball type environment. I'm talking you need to be late in the season. It has to be a Saturday or Sunday afternoon game against the likes of a Michigan State, Wisconsin, Indiana, or Michigan. Or it's got to be the Duke level game for a non-conference. Yeah, that's really I, it. I think obviously the last game of the year versus Michigan at home. I think it's a day game on Saturday. That'll be uh, obviously the Duke game wise. It was a great atmosphere, and 
honestly, if the Indiana game would have stayed in that Saturday afternoon slot on CBS, I guarantee you that would have been a, a very, very big pack venue. I'm curious to what it's going to look like this weekend with Iowa. Iowa. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm very curious to see yeah. what it's going to look for that with the changed date on that, and then you're moving Indiana to a Monday night. I'm very I was, curious. I was a fun team to watch play. That's the one thing. Like, That's if you true. actually like pleasing basketball to watch with the two offenses that you'll see out there, it is a good ticket. 2.30, Saturday, late in the Big Ten basketball season, your team is in the top four in the conference in a very, like you've said many, many times here, very favorable schedule down the stretch to try to do this. And you actually have had a nice amount of rest days to get ready for a couple more home games. When you thought about the eight games in 20 days, you got a few rest days, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, to get ready for Iowa. And then you really get to feel Big 12 schedule, the Saturday, Big Monday switch, right? Yeah, that's a very Kansas, good point. I feel like, does that, that two-step all year, Saturday, Monday, Saturday, Monday, Saturday, Monday. Like, that's that's almost what they do. So it's seven games in 17 days now, which sounds crazy, or 16 days actually sounds crazy, but you get two more home games to pick up this stretch here, and I I hope it's a great capacity. But when you talk about if we had our dream world, if we could shave 5,000 seats at least for a place that seats 19,000 and you get maybe, like we said, five games max, we're going to put that to capacity – it just it just would be so cool. I mean, just take what your average is. Isn't that isn't it that simple? In the long it run, really is. take what your average attendance will be. And I think this year it's somewhere around twelve five, you know? Go a couple bigger than that. So even you if can you grow. went down to fifteen. Yeah, I mean 15, that would make a huge difference. Fifteen, you know? Fourteen. Look what Xavier did for the Cintas. I think that's a yeah. great number. I think they're at about twelve. Very weird configuration they've got for their seating adjustment. It's it's kind of weird. It's an interesting arena, I know. But you get if you do a new one, you could swing for the fences and build something modern that has like the old style classic feels, like with the glass around the outside. You know, yeah, brick on the outside, brick and steel kind of blended together. Just call up HOK. They're the best in the biz. Call the firm out in Kansas City. Like they're. They're the guys that do sports arenas and stadiums. They know what to do. No, yeah, I, I think 10 would be a little small for my liking. But again, the environment was so intimate and so loud because of that, because of how the, the, the arena was designed. It was such a great environment to the point where it changes your opinion on the West Coast basketball. I, I mean, I, there's obviously certain programs out there where you're going to get it no matter what, like the, mm-hmm. no matter how yeah. good the team yeah. is. I looked up in those rafters. There's only one banner in there, and it's at Elite yeah. Eight last year. Yeah. Like, this this program hasn't had a whole lot to cheer about. That's, so the that's fact all that, that is there for banners, period? Like, ba- USC banners. men's basketball? They've got one, like, they for, don't have, for, for, for their conference for championships for, up there or Sweet for women's and For women's and men's, they have the NCAA tournament appearances banners where they put all the years and whatnot. But in terms of, like, highlighting a season, the only one I saw was the, the Elite Eight last year. I mean, who's the... Who is the guy, even lately and historically, and I can I can already tell tell you, you and me are not going to be good with USC historical names <laughs> for basketball because they they go back to well, that's funny, 40 I actually, and 54 are their final fours. I learned, 40 and 54. I learned some things, like uh, players that played there. I didn't, I didn't 
realized, and I don't follow the NBA as closely, but I didn't realize that DeMar DeRozan was from there. Uh, Brian Scalabrini okay, played yeah. there. De- I did know DeRozan. You say that name to me at DeMar. Clearly, Evan Mobley, the rookie, Mobley. who's going to be making his name. Uh, O.J. Mayo. Mayo. Yeah, O.J. Mayo was sort of hot for a minute, that kind of guy. We thought he was going to be major. And O.J. Mayo with his Ohio roots, too. Yes, I forget what the roots were, but he yes, he was from Ohio. He play. I think he is he not. He's either from here or played. I think he was high school basketball Ohio, he, on I, his way. Did he play like Oak Hill down in I, Virginia? I, I, that maybe? that sounds right. He was born in Huntington, West Virginia, and yeah, he wound up uh, playing high school basketball in North College Hill, Ohio. Oh, okay, interesting. So that's got to be a place that's down by the West Virginia area. If we're not, we're just looking at his profile on the fly here. But yeah, did did you notice the Final Four banners? Did, I I didn't hear they you must, say that. They must have been on NCAA? my side, but I the direction I was looking, the only one were the appearances in the NCAA tournament and the, the Elite Eight. So unless if it was like on my side where the closed end of the uh, okay upper yeah. bowl, bowl was, maybe they were up there. But no, I did not see them. They. They hadn't been to the suite since 07, and the last Elite Eight was in 2001, and then before that it was when they went to the Final Four. So 40, 54, 01, and 21 are their Elite Eight. So, yeah, it's not one that has just the crazy history with with college basketball, but overall, like overall trip rating, 1 through 10, what, what is it? Oh, for the basketball experience, I mean, it was I, – I, I'll put it at an 8 because the product wasn't good. as great from UCLA side, which is a little disappointing. I mean, uh, really, it's it showed me a lot in terms of how I'm going to view this UCLA team going into the tournament because what they did – and I was watching closely with the USC. They just put a guy on Juzang and said, you're not getting the ball. If you're getting the ball, you're in tough spots where yeah. you can't go up and shoot it yep. right away. And he started forcing shots, and he did end up with 12 points at the end of the game. But their percentage from the field, they were shooting like 30%. They took eight more shots than USC, but made five less. So Hawkes was just having some trouble. He he's had been good dealing with injuries. He had good looks, and he yeah. missed a couple bunnies in those critical moments of the game that were just tough. Yeah, know? I believe Mick said he's been dealing with an ankle injury that's been yeah. kind of dragging him down. But that's big, because if you're not getting Hawkes at his top elite, I, I don't know what your ceiling's going to be in the tournament. Because you can't expect Tiger Campbell to put up 27 points in a in a in a tournament game. You just can't do that. Was the uh, best thing about the in arena entertainment what they did to Tiger Campbell at the free throw line? That's that's funny. That's when, pretty clever. Whenever they sent someone to the foul line, they tried to do something with the audio that matched the player, and they put they put a little Bob Marley whenever he would go to the line, just kind of mess with them and get in his head when he shot free throws. Uh, but. Yeah, no, I was really impressed with USC because I didn't know a whole lot about them other than they were one of the last remaining undefeated teams at one point in the season. But I loved what I saw from Drew Peterson, the guy that can just shoot it from anywhere on the court if you give him the opportunity. They won that game without their best player in Isaiah Mobley, which was huge. Uh, but yet, And they didn't even get contributions from one of their best guards in Boogie Ellis. He didn't score a single point in that game, and they still won. It was very good on the defensive side for both teams. UCLA dominated on the offensive side of the board, which was, I think, the only thing that USC might struggle with going forward. But it was a great game. I am just the the biggest takeaway is I'm concerned with what UCLA is going to be in the tournament because they're good defensively, but if their shots aren't making it, man, they, they have some issues. So what was the overall arena rating? Just arena in itself, one through ten. Uh, amenities were great. I would say I would put it in an eight because obviously it's a, it's a newer arena. It's going to have all the the shine and glitz and glamour about it. 
Uh, the intimate environment really gives it a plus. I'm curious on an average game what it's like in there in terms of the atmosphere, but when you pack it full, it's it's hard to beat. Now, after doing this, where do you want to go next? After getting this feel for the West Coast basketball, do you want to do something else out West? Maybe scratch off Gonzaga or try well, that, Seattle? Or, that would have been fun, which is funny. What are you thinking now? Gonzaga just finished up a game with uh, Pepperdine midweek, so we missed them barely. Because I, I honestly, I would have made every effort to go to that Pepperdine-Gonzaga game. That would have been awesome. Uh, personally, I want to go back down to the ACC territory. I'd love to meet the mm-hmm. Duke, North Carolina. I, I just at some point I've got to get it done. I can't just do summer trips to go down there and see them play. So if there's any opportunity where I'm down there in the the research triangle, I might check one of those two teams out. I've been trying to like find some Bob Marley since you mentioned Tiger Campbell, <laughs> and there we go. That's the Bob right there. Yes. Did they do No Woman No Cry? Because he got to the line all night. So they don't play out the song. They'll play like... They play like a tiny little stinger, right? I'm talking like a second. Like a second or maybe a second and a half stinger. Ah, yeah, That kind of like messes with them as they're approaching the line. Like a get up, stand up. Yes, that's exactly it. Did they do that? That's exactly it. That's exactly (laughs) it. Get up, stand up. Another thing I noticed, it was very LA of them. I I think they are very much in the... This is the club. We got to get the the, the, uh, in-host arena. Uh Treat it like a club. That was very apparent when I walked in there. All right, well, that was good. That was good. We're trying to just get back into the swing of things here. We're doing a shorter one today. Evil Bald Colin, you know, he loves getting around and trying new arenas, new venues, as do all of us, right, that that love the game. So that's very cool. Got to cover a Super Bowl, and like a good college basketball boy, made sure. That's what I'm most proud about, <laughs> that you're, you're somewhere, you're doing a job, but you know you're not working like a dog 24 hours a day. And so in the evening... Why just sit in a hotel well, yeah, room? yeah, that whole Saturday was off. I you went- have a whole city to explore. Get on the phone. Check the, the schools within a half-hour drive. And you found the one that was eight minutes away, and it's Pac-12 basketball, and it was a great game and a great time. A trip to In-N-Out in a basketball game. You can't beat that. Uh, how many In-N-Outs? I went twice. Yeah, you did. <laughs> yeah, you did. Doubles, triples? Doubles both times. Why no triple? You do a triple, right? Like a one, two, three? I that's think the, you can. the simple is that orders, the secret? Right? No, I think that's like the secret menu thing. It's secret the, menu. It's like double meat or something like that. Wow. Well, I'm jealous. I got to get somewhere now, but <laughs> it's going to be fast and furious because we're almost to March. So, and, and yeah, you know what? Mid, we'll, we'll talk tur- about this. Mid-major tournaments start in just over a week and they a half. They do. They do. And we'll talk about this in an upcoming pod, too. Three years we're talking about since we had a normal NCAA tournament where you actually get to experience going to different cities across America. That's what's great. You can check out a different community, a different venue, all the teams that are there in that pod. There's just a buzz. It's vibrant. It just feels like basketball. We get to do that for this tournament. One of the regionals is in Pittsburgh. We should see if we can get get sent there. Pittsburgh, Buffalo, Indy. That's right. Indianapolis has them. They don't have the whole freaking thing. (laughs) They got what they're supposed to have. And Columbus has them next year. So nationwide, we'll have them next year. All right, everybody. Episode 59 of Mad About Hoops. We appreciate it. Bob Marley, take us out.